celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And we are so proud to welcome Lori Brooks. Woohoo! It, I, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to be here, guys. How many animals do you have? Oh, dear. Um, I'm kind of in transition right now, so I, I'm kind of low. I'm just actually taking care of a bunch of feral cats right now. Most, you like the dogs that have been chasing parked cars, those bronchius phallic dogs. I am, I'm a huge bulldog lover. Uh-huh. Um, I got involved in bulldog rescue, and I, I do um, a lot with that. But uh, one of my big passions right now is pit bulls. I um, work a lot with the city of New York and volunteers for the city of New York and wow. post dogs online for pit bulls that need homes. So awesome. Wow. Okay, so on today's show, we've got a great show. We have another hero that is 10 years old. 10, Ten years, years old. Yes, and she's wow. doing amazing things already for the animals. And then we're going to talk to somebody who's put together an app for your phone. Yes, there's an app for that. It's like an Uber for dog walkers? It's for dog walking. It's called Zingy. And what happens if you're, you know, you're at work, you get stuck in a meeting and your dog really needs to go out, but you don't have a dog walker scheduled. You can go to this app and schedule somebody to immediately go over and walk your dog right then and there. You don't even have to be home. Wow. Okay. So we'll find out about that in just a couple of minutes. Joey Villani, what are you working on? Well, we're going to talk about the sun and how to protect your pet. You really got to do that? Yeah, you really got to do that, believe it or not. Can they get sunburned like like humans? They can get sunburned worse than humans in some cases. Ooh. Okay. I see Dr. Debbie. She's listening in the uh, green room right now. She probably <laughs> has several stories about over sunburned animals. Because I guess you can get the same kind of cancers that humans get, or the animals can. Your pets can get the, the same kind of cancer. You don't want that. So we're going to find out with Joey Volani what kind of lotions and sunscreens you can put on and whether you can use the human stuff or if there's certain stuff particularly made for your animals or if you can make your own at home all on the way right here on animal radio Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom well this is a feel-good story to me because i think that animals should be just about everywhere i can't think of a place that they wouldn't be good except in an operating room maybe um being a nurse on the side for me <laughs> but i'm thinking that i i, I want to share with you the story that i've heard about pets that are going to be increasing their presence in the number of battered women's shelters around the country oh i heard about this this is so cool yeah, well, finally well that's on the way right here on animal radio let's go to your phone calls right now directly from the animal radio app for iphone and android it's a free download by the way i spent a little time on that app this week another rabbit hole lots of videos and all <laughs> kinds of things that uh you, you go for just a little bit of information then you end up spending an hour on the app i uh, love that <laughs> you want to download that puppy now let's go to your calls Mo? Mo? Hi. Hey, how are yeah. you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. What's up with you today? Oh, not a whole lot. I'm just trying to get some tips on how to... I rescued a toy Aussie. A toy Aussie? Aussie. Uh-huh. Aussie. Toy Aussie. Australian Shepherd. Oh, Australian Shepherd. Okay. Yeah. And he was very badly beaten and very badly just mistreated. Oh. And he's come a long way, but he still has a lot of... You know, if you're making noise, he jumps. He 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 still has some major issues. Um, mm-hmm. He's not very good at going outdoors. He's not, and I'm trying to just you know find some new ways to get him to be a little more outgoing. Okay, sure. And I'm sorry, you said he's how old? He's about six now. I've had him since he was two, and okay. he he really is like overnight uh, black and white from when we first got him. He was like an autistic child when we first got him. He would just mm-hmm. cower in the corner and shake 24 hours a day. 
Um, mm-hmm. So he's come leaps and bounds from that, but he still has major issues. So what, what are the situations or the things that cause problems for him? Is it um, noises, outdoor things? Is it um, new people, other animals? It, it's interesting that he's finally gotten better with people. Um, but it is, yeah, it's, you know, it's mainly noises now. And I'm okay. trying to figure out how to get him to want to go in the car for rides and that kind of thing and get him to go outdoor more. Okay. All righty. So if we have a dog that's kind of fearful, um, the important thing is we, we can't push them more than they're comfortable with. And we want to make sure we're doing baby steps and rewarding those positive responses along the way. So whatever the situation may be that we're fearful of. Now, I've had some um, Shelties that are horribly terrified of walking outside a door um, to go outside. And, and that was a huge problem we struggled with with one of my clients. And we had to um, basically work through fear of going through an open door. It, it was crazy. Um, but we started very slowly and we focused on um, putting the foods um, and treat items closer to the door and towards the opening. And as long as the dog was um, relaxed, calm, and not showing fearful behaviors, that was rewarded um, with a you know a good boy. Um, if you push it too much and say you're going to go too close to that door that they're afraid of, then they start to show signs. You know, we might see ears back. We might see cowering. We might see trembling. You might see their eyes darting back and forth, looking in different directions. So when we see those kind of behaviors, we know, okay, that's too close of a distance to that thing, whatever it is, in this case, the the dog going through the doorway. So we would want to work at a a longer distance away from that and and really work on just, like I said, you know, putting... uh, treats and uh, toy items, um, encouraging them to you know sit and stay in a relaxed manner and rewarding that. Um, that's kind of the basic idea. Now, some different kind of, uh, I don't want to say tricks that we do, but some skills that we would want him to learn are basically, um, I find that the watch me command is hugely invaluable for not just obedience, but for dogs such as him that, that need some confidence. Maintaining that eye contact with their respective human is a very important thing. So if he feels that you're with him and he can relax by making eye contact with you, then that's going to make him feel better about whatever the situation is. So, and that's just a simple command. You wait till your dog is looking at you and then you say, watch me. And then you give them a reward. And um, it's a great way to pull a dog kind of out of a situation. And I use this with Nikki sometimes when she's kind of like, I think I like that bunny over there. <laughs> and I'll just say, watch me. And she'll look at me and then I give her a praise and it, it pulls her out of a behavior that might be unwanted. Um, okay. You can't ex- so I you was can't- right in not pushing him because I, a trainer mm-hmm. told me to, to to push him and make him go outside his comfort zone. And I'm not comfortable with making him scared like that. I think that's wrong. Yeah, and there is a theory of what they call extinction, is that you repeatedly expose um, the pet to what it's fearful of over and over again, and eventually they will just, the fear will be extinguished, that they'll get adjusted to that. And it has its place. Um, I'm I certainly wouldn't be comfortable in this situation. We need to build confidence, and we don't necessarily want to arouse him more, make him more anxious. Um, I think for basic anxiety and and, um, a lack of confidence, you do better to teach the dog to be confident. And you can do that through a lot of positive reward-based training. So things like the watch me command, um, when you can teach a relaxed sit-stay, that's a very big thing. And then you can start to 
practice that closer to whatever the fearful situation might be. Um, but we need to practice those kind of basic skills of rewarding, calm, quiet behaviors. For me, I also am a huge believer in canine uh, sports activities as a way of building confidence. Um, I have my dogs in agility, and that is often prescribed for dogs that need to build confidence. It's fun. Dogs love it. So that can be a really great way for a dog to build confidence, and not so much in like an obedience way. It's really, um, it's kind of like a kid learning how to roller skate or how to play the piano. They, they gain confidence in themselves after they are successful in the um, can complete a task. So dogs are similar in that way. Right. Well, great. That sounds awesome. I'm going to try that. Watch me command. Thank you well, so much. Good luck. And and then definitely, I don't know if, you, if, if you've ever tried it, but when you're doing kind of a training session, you can use um, one of the anxiety wraps. Um, you just kind of, it's a, a firm fitting jacket that you put on and it helps to calm them. Kind of like, you know, autistic children are, can be held firmly and that helps to calm them. Okay, great. I'll look for that. Thanks for your call, Mo. We appreciate it. Hi, Tanya. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I had a question regarding uh, one of my cats, the female, about five years old. And what she does is she starts to chew on uh, wires, telephone wires, um, you know, phone wires, and it mm-hmm. costs a ton of money. And somebody told me that it could be a zinc deficiency that she might need zinc. I'm not sure what it is, but it's not all the time. It kind of goes in spurts where she'll Mm -hmm. um, start chewing and then she'll stop for three weeks and then she starts again. Has she been injured as a result of this? You said it costs a lot of money, so I was wondering if if she's suffered some burns or any electrocution. No, and that's the thing. She doesn't, you know, we thought, well, does she get electrocuted? And she doesn't. She continues on biting wires. Okay. Now, I'd say, no, I, I don't believe that I can explain this by a deficiency. Um, this kind of falls into the sneaky cats like to do things that get them into trouble <laughs> category. <laughs> um, and, and the first question that I'd say is, does she do this when you're around, or is this something you find the evidence afterwards? She does it when we're around. Um, okay. Okay. And that's probably the big key, because a lot of cats will... Um, they like to chew on things in general, but when they do this behavior, it can become an attention-seeking behavior. So it actually, the the yelling and the attention of, hey, stop that, what are you doing, becomes a game. So what we have to do is remember that while we don't want her to do that, we don't want to make it um, perpetuated by um, this uh, reinforcement, if you will. So that's an important thing. So I try to use distraction and redirecting her behavior towards something else. So rather than yelling at her and chasing her, I would say let's let's talk about you know pulling out a favorite cat toy and go running the other way, or shaking that um, that little can of pounce and have her come running the other direction and use that as a positive redirection. Um, that that would be the big thing. The other things that I might try would be, and you may have tried some remedies for the individual areas, but if there's particular cords that she's looking at and messing with, um, you know, we can get PVC piping and run the cords through that to not only protect her from chewing them, but to keep the cords from getting chewed up and if if you have to keep replacing things. Um, The the other thing, which for some cats helps, and I haven't had every cat really have this work, is to use double-sided tape and to put that over the wire area so it's just kind of sticky. They don't like to mess with it, and um, it's a little kind of kinder deterrent to keep them away from something like that. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
Well, Judy, I want to thank you very much for the invitation to go over to your brother's this weekend. Uh, it was nice to meet him. First time I had met him. And I see he has a brand new puppy. I know. Isn't she so cute? Her name is Mia. Now, I noticed while we were there that uh, they're using the, the, the cheap old blue puppy pads. I, you know, I was really surprised that he would use those cheap things. They're worthless. Why haven't you told him about Wismart? Well, I didn't know. Now I know what he's using, so I've turned him on to them. So we're sitting there, and the dog goes over to pee, and then the, the dog walks a little bit in her pee, and then she starts racing around the house. You know how they make that little race afterwards? Hops up onto the uh, couch, oh, and, and Mia's tracking pee all over the place. And I see my brother's wife running after her with paper towels and some cleaner. For you regular listeners of Animal Radio, you know we have a brand new puppy, too, but we were lucky enough to be turned on to WizSmart pee pads. We use the ultra pee pad. The reason being is really quite obvious. The pads are thick. They hold a lot of moisture. And Pixel, the Animal Radio Studio Stunk Dog, does not track anything around the house. No, you know, and you can just tell by looking at them. Compare the two side by side. There is no comparison. You can visually see how thick they are and how absorbent they are. Now, I noticed your brother had to pick up a pad every time she went to the bathroom. We don't have to do that. These pads hold up to eight cups of uh, fluid of your choice. In this case, uh, well, you know, and we change it out like once a day. Now, for you environmentalists out there, you probably think that these thick pads are not very environmentally friendly. But in fact, they are made from deconstructed unused diapers getting a second life. And that's why they absorb so much. Not just for puppies, but also for elderly dogs or dogs that are ill. Visit their website at wizsmart.com, that's W-I-Z-S-M-A-R-T.com, or check them out on Facebook and Instagram. Hi, this is John O'Hurley. You're listening to Animal Radio. And remember, most importantly, please spay or neuter. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. We're celebrating our connection with your pets. At this hour, we're going to talk to a guy who has another invention, another technical invention, a little gadget, a little uh, app, I believe it is. We've been hearing a lot about these lately. It just seems like this is the year for the electronic gadget for animals. That's for sure. I've never seen so many GPS systems or activity <laughs> monitors, uh, Fitbits for your animals. Yep. It's unbelievable. This guy has uh, what he refers to it as a Uber for dog walkers, and Uber, if you're not familiar with that, is a an application which you can hail a, a car, a ride, a taxi. Apparently, you can get a dog walked just by going onto this application and, and asking for a dog cool. walker. I like that idea. And I like that he really. I don't know if I'd want someone in my house. Yeah, that I don't know. I, I well. Yeah, I'm with you on that, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, you get to meet these people. You can meet them ahead of time. Oh, you can? Yeah, you can. You can set up a meet and greet, so you meet this person, and you can decide whether you want them in your home and where to leave keys and stuff and have it all set up with them. Okay. Well, they're oh, on the okay. way in just a few minutes. I have a bunch of questions. Joey, I'm sure you have a bunch of questions, too. Yeah, I think I do. Also, a little 10-year-old girl is our hero of the week. I think this is probably the the second 10-year-old we've had as a hero. I think the other one was nine, Hal. You gotta, <laughs> nine and 10 is a big difference. She said she was nine and a half. <laughs> and, you know, that's big that at that age. That happens big, yes, yes. It's just amazing to see these young kids doing such great work at such a young age for the animals. Because if you grow up loving the animals, you'll love them all your life. Yep. That's my that's right. Teach them young. Lori, uh, what are you working on this hour? Um, what happens when you have a pet store that suddenly decides to switch its ritzy purebred pets for 
pets from the shelter, and they don't tell their customers. Ooh. We'll tell you. That's wow. a clever idea. <laughs> wow. Isn't that great thinking? Yeah. I like it. You know what? I'm going to stick around just for that story. Well, thank you. Hi, Melinda. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm so glad to be able to talk to you. Oh, well, great. My pleasure. What kind of a pet problem do you have going on? Well, we're having an issue with my male cat who is neutered, and we have quite a few cats. Um, some are ours, and some are ones that have adopted us, and they're feral, but um, they've all been neutered as well. And um, our little boy, his name is Boots, he seems to be getting into a lot of scraps because he comes home with a lot of um, little scabs that have some have developed into some pretty nasty abscesses. And one of them, he actually got so bad, his leg blew up at least five, six times its normal size. He had to go in. They had to open it up and drain it. He was on IV antibiotics for a couple days. I just figured I'd call to see if you had any advice of ways we could head this thing off. I mean, sort of, of course, keeping him in the house, which he's not going to like. But maybe (laughs) something we could do when we first see the abscess that maybe would prevent it from going on and getting so bad. It's a good question there. And as far as, and definitely the, the most important way to prevent this is to keep him inside. Um, because if he is a scrapper and if he's getting into these little altercations with the other kitties, that one behavior alone is going to put him not only at risk for these um, infections, but also other types of infections. And, you know, one of the things that I would certainly make sure that if he hasn't had this done regularly is have him tested for feline leukemia and kitty AIDS. Um, Because that, both of those conditions can cause a kind of weakened immune system where we might have a harder time fighting off basic infection. Now, as far as when we actually have a a fresh injury, um, part of the challenge with a cat bite um, or even a cat scratch is that the wound itself is generally really small in comparison to the bacterial load. It's almost like nature's way of injecting bacteria under a cat's skin. So the little puncture wound is really tiny and it's seals up very quickly. So a lot of times, even as diligent as you might want to be, you may not even know when that first bite wound occurs. Of course, Melinda, you know your cat will live a longer life if it becomes an indoor cat, right? You know that? Yeah, you know, I know. I want to suggest something. I have cats that love to go outdoors, and I don't let them just free roam. I have a cattery. It's a 10 by 10 chain link dog run with a cover over the top, and they sit on the grass. They think they're outside. I have a little doggy door through the window so they can go out. And if you're in an area, you can set up something like that. They have the benefits of both going outside and still remaining indoors and safe. This is Animal Radio. Hi, it's Alan Cable. Time for another dog tip. My wife and her friend were taking a walk through the neighborhood and were terrified by a dog that charged them from the driveway. My wife's friend was really scared and wanted to throw rocks at the dog. Nothing happened, and just so you know, even if a dog were to attack you, the odds that you're going to get seriously hurt are very, very, very low. Most dog bites, even the ones that send people to the emergency room, don't require much attention at all. So the most important thing is to prepare yourself mentally, just in case. You know, you're taking a walk through your neighborhood and all of a sudden there's a charging dog coming at you. That's pretty unnerving and scary, even if you prepare yourself for it. Your number one goal is to defuse the situation. Try to stay calm and collected. Don't turn and run. As tempting as that is, dogs are predatory animals, and you running will activate the prey instinct. He'll probably chase you. Remember, dog attacks are rare. And even if you do get bitten, the vast majority of dog bites, even the ones that send folks to the emergency room, require very little attention. So if you're walking past someone's house and a dog surprises you, be calm, stand tall, again, 
Be calm. Don't look him in the eye. Look into the distance. But stand tall and face him. You can look to the left, to the right, doesn't matter. Stand there confident and in charge inside your own mind. The dog will probably lose interest and walk away. Then you too start walking away, keeping your body sideways to the dog, making sure you can see him. Calm, confident, relaxed, take deep breaths. Dogs read your body language very well. So a confident, calm, non-aggressive response from you makes you a very uninteresting target. Sometimes the dog gets excited scaring people. And other times he's protecting his territory or warning the people in the house that someone's there. If you're calm and confident and move slowly without nervousness, the dog will probably lose interest in you and go back to the house. If the dog decides to chase after you as you slowly move away, turn around and stand your ground. I know that's hard to do. Again, don't look at the dog in the eye. He should lose interest, walk away, and then you slowly retreat. But make sure you don't turn your back to him. If he comes at you again, repeat the process. Get more tips at AnimalRadio.com. This is Animal Radio, baby. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-472-0658-800-472-0658-800-472-0658. That's 800-472-0658. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks for Animal Radio. Nationwide, just 3% of shelters for victims of domestic violence are equipped to accept pets. But there's some new legislation before Congress that could change that since the Pets and Women's Safety Act has been introduced into the House of Representatives. Those who work in shelters say that allowing pets is really very important in the effort to persuade women to leave abusive partners. In fact, studies have shown that nearly half of women in abusive relationships stay in the home in part because they don't want to leave their pets. But, of course, the, you know, the stress of going to a women's shelter might be lessened as well for their children if they are allowed to bring along their four-legged kids, too. A pet store in Brazil made the life-changing decision recently for animals when it partnered with local pet shelters to secretly switch those pricey purebreds they normally sell. They switched them for rescue dogs from shelters. And then the store went a step further and simply gave the shelter pets away to worthy families, of course, who are checked out. But you see, oftentimes in Brazil, families will bypass the shelters and then just head straight to the nearest pet store when they want a new pet. And that's not great news for shelter animals. So the result of the pet store switch, well, families say they were stunned when they were told that they could have the animal of their choice for free. And customers uh, pretty quickly began to realize that there was no big difference between the traditional pet store animals and the rescued animals when it came to giving and receiving love. Well, forget hiring the neighbor child to take your dog for a walk for you because there are some new mixed-use developments, they call them, where you can rely on specially trained professionals to do everything for your pet, from walking your dog to even brushing their teeth. These specialists in these developments are nicknamed dog concierges, and they spend their days catering to the every need of the animal residents of their building. The pet care services are run by a Boston startup, a new group called Baru. By the way, if you don't know, Baru is a technical term for the way a dog will tilt its head after hearing a unnatural sound, that cute little lilt. Well, Baru, the group, does everything from setting up doggy play dates and trimming nails to conditioning fur and even walking cats on leashes. They specialize in the needs of big city dogs, which are kind of different in places from dogs who live in rural areas. 
I'm Lori Brooks. You can get more animal breaking news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And i just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet. And you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals, and for the environment. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. It's Animal Radio. And we thank you for listening wherever you're listening today, like Emilio, who sent us her picture. It's posted right here on the bulletin board in front of us. She's <laughs> listening in Mexico City. Awesome. Isn't that cool? They're all over the world. And I, I guess she speaks English and Spanish. So she understands, or she just laughs at us the whole way through. I have <laughs> no clue. Uh, but that's the case. Usually. I think she understands us, Al. Let's uh, hit the phones. We have Toby Scovron on the phones. Toby, how are you doing? G'day, guys. How are you? Did I totally mess up your last name? No, not at all. It's on point. On point. Well, thank you so much. I think this is the year of the electronic gadget for animals. We see a proliferation of GPS units, of activity collars, all kinds of gadgets, and they're all connected to your iPhone or your Android phone. You have a great new application. It's called Zingy. It's sort of like Uber for dog walkers, right? Yeah, it's exactly that. And uh, without wanting to scare away... Um, any, uh, I guess, non-technical pet owners out there, uh, what we've done at Zingy is basically enables you to be able to know exactly where your dog is in real time while in our care. Okay, so I need my dog walked. What do I do? I download the app, then what happens? Yeah, you create a profile for your pet. So basically you put a little photo in there, the name, the age, the breed, whether it's being spayed, neutered, um, types in, in a couple of weeks, we'll start getting into, you know, the type of food that you're uh, feeding your pet because uh, we're seeing a, now today while we're out walking uh, people's pets, um, we, Zingy, are responsible as well in some of the bookings to feed, give the dog a treat or sure. give it some water. And then once the profile is set, it literally takes you less than 20 seconds to request a dog walker. And you go through uh, a menu item. Now, uh, who are these dog walkers? walkers? It's not like Uncle Larry who's just trying to make an extra three bucks an hour, right? Uh, no, 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 no. How, how do you vet them? Um, yeah, so um, every single dog walker has gone through about about 26-point step to be able to be available to you. Um, and the first six points are background check. So we do a six-point background check. We then face-to-face interview the people or the candidates that are uh, that pass the background check. Face-to-face? Then, yes, we do, of course. Absolutely. Wow, okay. Um, and, th- and, then, and then we do, um, and then they, they, they participate in the Zingy Academy. Um, we have built our own academy. Although Zingy is a new tech brand, uh, myself and team, team members have been in the pet industry for, you know, in excess of 25 years. Um, and so we've got a ton of experience with pets. Um, and so we've transferred a lot of that knowledge into our academy where we train and educate the, uh, the walkers that join our platform. Um, and then we insure and bond the service up to $4 million worth of liability insurance. So anything that was to go wrong uh, while the pet is in our care, 
whether it's to the pet or even like something happens, you know, a, a vase broke um, or the TV fell off the wall, really high and like, really low chance of that happening. But if that was to happen while the, you know, the pet is in our care, mm-hmm. our, our liability insurance covers all of that. So is this nationwide? Yeah, so the game plan right now is to be in 14 cities by uh, within the next 24 months uh, with somewhere around 11,000 dog walkers um, that come through our program. But today, I actually am dialing in from San Diego, California, um, having launched Los Angeles with 500 dog walkers on our platform, wow. uh, servicing at today, you know, nearly 3,000 uh, customers are on our platform in the Los Angeles market. Uh, we've now moved south, and today we're launching the San Diego market. Um, and then we've got a bunch of cities that we start to head east uh, over the summer period. Um, and yeah, like 14 cities by the end of summer. Everyone can download the app today in the App Store, um, and the first thing we ask for is the zip code. And If the, we have walkers in the area, it'll take you through to a booking schedule. If we don't have walkers in the area, basically by you identifying your zip code uh, means that we know where you are and where we're going to build our, in, our, our walker base to okay. service. I'm trying to follow the money here. Where is it? Um, you know what? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a couple of things. Um, we do not categorically pack walk. Um, so there's not a lot of money to be made as far as, uh, you know, if we were to walk 10 dogs for 10 bucks each for 30 minutes, there's a lot of money to be made. So uh, does the dog walker pay you or do you get money from the, uh, the person who contracts the dog walker? Do you get a percentage of the dog walker's money? Yeah. So the whole, the whole thing, the whole thing uh, operates through Zingy. Uh, the walkers are paid, um, based on the services that they carry out. Um, and Zingy, uh, takes the balance. So then but, you you do all the billing. Uh, absolutely. We do everything. Okay. E- everything from, you know, taxes to, you know, billing customers and holding credit card numbers and we do everything. Okay, so I'm a dog walker. I do a lot of dogs she in does. my neighborhood yeah. around here. Everybody sees me out walking a bunch of dogs. She how makes do more I, money dog walking than I do from than animal, animal radio. radio yeah. So how do I yeah. how do I join Zingy? Yeah, so we will uh, you know, so there's there's you can go to our website and click join the team. Uh, we're campaigning right now for a bunch of different cities that we're coming to over the summer. Um, and you basically go through our online form. And then at the end of, at the end of that submission, uh, if we're ready to deploy the city, uh, we'll, we'll then take you through a six-point background check and then a face-to-face interview. Um, if we're not ready, we'll put you in a holding pattern and hold your details until we're ready to open that city. But the service is all about first-class service, um, and we never compromise on anything. Um, even down to the, the littlest detail, which mm. is maybe even a poop bag that we have to issue to our walkers. So yeah, you don't want to compromise on those. I'll tell you that right <laughs> yeah. now. That You end up on the, the wrong side of that. That's a mess. Okay, well, I'm going to go download the app this afternoon. Right after I'm going to go fill out an application. Are you? You think yeah, you'll I pass can't. I won't, I won't pass the background check. Yeah, that's check. what I was thinking. You never passed the background check. <laughs> Okay, Toby. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Toby Scobron, he's the top dog over at Zingy. We'll put information to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Let's head back to the phones for your calls for Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Alan Cable with your Real Dogs Doing Amazing Things Watch. Probably didn't know this, but during World War One, pit bulls were revered. They were on all the war posters, and the dog and the little rascals is a pit bull. It seems like every decade has its vilified dogs. 
I remember back in the 70s, I think it was Dobermans, and then in the 80s it was Shepherds, and then in the 90s it was Rottweilers. It's been pit bulls for a long time now. So here's a real stray pit bull who did an amazing thing. The dog was walking down the street in a small Georgia town when a man whipped out a knife while arguing with a woman. Responding police officers gave the dog the name Hero, and rightfully so. After he was able to fend off the predator so that the woman could actually escape. In the process, Hero was stabbed by the guy with the knife five times. Hero's now at a pet adoption agency in Tennessee called Fighting for the Bullies. Some lucky person's going to be able to take him home in just a couple of weeks. This is Animal Radio. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop. You're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. You're dieting again, aren't you? I can tell. Joey Volani on a diet. Because you're not eating any of the it's donuts ongoing. today. Yeah, it's an ongoing diet. Diet. It's 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 ongoing. You know, it. You, you're on it for a little bit. You're off for a little bit. You're on for a little. You're off. So you're looking smelt. I gotta say. Thank you. Thank you. Aren't you supposed to be here to do a tip or something? Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> What's up with you, Matt? So, well, as you can see, the um, the thermometer is climbing. It is. And, um, you know, I, I've talked about this quite a few times, but apparently people are having a hard time finding sunscreen for their pets. And um, you don't want to just use any sunscreen off the shelf. Um, a lot of the stuff that um, that we use on ourselves isn't strong enough, believe it or not, for your pet. There's sunscreen specifically for pets? Specifically for pets. I did not absolutely. know that. Well, yeah, I'm actually going to give a list of a few of them, actually. Um, some, some good ones that got high recommendations. Okay. And it's, it's you know, some of them are a little bit toxic as well. So you want to stay away from it. But you know what? If, if your pet, if you like to enjoy the summertime with your pet and your pet has short hair or it doesn't grow hair on its tail or its ears or even its nose, you know, like you see the lifeguard with the zinc on their nose. Uh-huh. Well, actually, zinc works really good um, that you can go to the um, drugstore and it's um it, it's not going to affect your your pet whatsoever where you can use it on the tips of the ears and on the nose. Well, what parts of the body but, are the are you using it on and are there certain breeds that really need it more than other breeds well light pigment pigmentated dogs like Maltese's Uh and Samyeds um, when they're clipped down because people think that that's helping them sometimes in the summer um, to keep them cool and and, in most cases it's not and also what it's doing is exposing them to the sun so anytime that their body's exposed you're going to want to use a sun protector and here's you know there's a list here of, of 
of um, sun protection for pets that come rate higher than others. And the first one I want to talk about is, is EpiPet Sun Protector Spray. Now, this is the only one that was actually tested by the um, um, Food and Drug um, Administration um, U.S., and um, this one um, comes with flying colors. Um, then they have Dogless Pet Sunscreen, NutriVet Sun Defense. What, what do you use? For dogs. I want to know what you use. Forget all yeah. these brands. Yeah, I use I use EpiPet Sun Protector Spray. It smells good. It goes on good. It goes on non-greasy, and it works real well. Now, usually you can talk to your veterinarian about getting this, and they can either order it if they don't carry it. But they are the ones that you're not going to find this um, probably on the shelves in your local pet store or in the superstore. So talk to your veterinarian about it, and, and they'll get this out to you. But definitely you want to use it. Now, there's also a mixture you can make at home. Now, I'm going to say this Uh-oh. right now. I have not tried this. I've known okay. people who swear by it. And I know breeders that swear by it because they're outside all the time, you know, doing trials in the sun. And it's a half a cup of 100% pure organic aloe gel. Uh I knew it. (laughs) 20 drops of pure um, rapeseed oil gel. What what seed? Rapeseed? Yeah, rapeseed. Never heard of that. Um, Five tablespoons coconut oil in its thick form, not melted. Three capsules of vitamin E, broken open. And five drops of the lavender oil. You mix it together and you put it on. Now, I'll tell you right now, what I don't like about this is going to be real greasy. Um, so, you know what? You're going to have problems with the dog becoming a canine dust magnet. <laughs> so, um, and, and also nodding. So, I would try to stick with the other ones. But, um, and again, I've never used that, that remedy um, on, on, uh, that I just um, spoke to you about. But they people You could go into it. any health food store and find all those products. Really? Any really health food easily. Food? Oh, you Any mean health food to store. make to make your yeah. own See, to make your own. Right. Okay. To me, it's right. easier just to go buy it. Yeah. Well, you don't have a lot <laughs> of time. <laughs> me too. Yeah. So I can understand that. Was, and it's so important that they wear this stuff because they can get cancer, skin cancer, if they don't. Absolutely. Um. You know what? Um. They get they get forms of melanoma just like we do. And never mind that. Just just burning. Um. You know what I mean? You, you know what it's like to get a sunburn, and we complain about. It. Unfortunately, you know your pet can't say anything. So. Yeah. Ladybug used to get really sunburned as a puppy when I would take her to the beach. Did she really? Yeah. She did around her did nose you put, and stuff. Would you put stuff on it? No, I didn't put anything. I just kept, you know, I stopped taking her. And uh, I tried to find things, and this was about six, six, seven years ago, and I really couldn't, really couldn't find, find anything, anything then. Okay. No. Well, now you have a list of some great stuff. We'll yeah. put it up over at the website, too. It is Joey Volani on Animal Radio. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls. Hi, Denise. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. How can we help you? Um, I have a new puppy. She's nine weeks old, and I've given her a bath and combed her. She doesn't have any fleas, but she's scratching a lot and she's tearing up her ear. Mm, okay, what kind of dog is she? She's a pure black German Shepherd. Okay, German Shepherd. And um, is there any kind of hair loss, any kind of sores that you're seeing on her skin? Um, under her arm, one of her front armpit on the one side where she's been scratching, but on her ear, um, it's just red from itching and she, she's got hair coming out yeah, from scratching it. Okay. Well, that's not good. Um, now, a lot of times with puppies, they can scratch a little bit, and I'll call that normal, especially if you put a collar on and they're scratching up in that area. You wouldn't believe the times that I've seen pets referred to me because they've had a skin problem, and they actually have a collar on, and they just don't like the collar. So if that might be any part of this problem, take it off and see if the scratching subsides. But if you're actually seeing hair loss, 
in that area, especially if she's uncomfortable or sensitive, you need to get her in for an exam because there's probably something going on. And in puppies, even if you don't see fleas, you know, we still check for them and we'll still put dogs on flea preventative. So that's still something to think about. The other thing is really common in puppies can actually be types of skin mites, little microscopic parasites. So I would say that in your situation, Denise, I would really want to get your little puppy in, get a good physical exam, and then potentially even check that ear out in case there's an ear problem deep down in that ear canal. I think that's probably the big thing is we need to get a a little more firm diagnosis of what we've got going on in your little baby there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friend. This hour, our hero is 10 years old, and you know, this can go either way. (laughs) It, It depends, but I'll tell you, when these kids are at such a young age, getting involved with the animals, we really need to spotlight them, and I think this is going to be something that's going to send chills down your spine. I think this is a name that you should remember because you're going to hear a lot more from this girl over the next few years. Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll talk to Samantha Frank and find out what she's doing for the animals. We talked to Joey last hour about sunscreen for your animals because I didn't think that you really had to wear sunscreen or, or your animals needed to wear sunscreen. Yeah, well, we promote it because you get a lot of people who um, who dogs have to get clipped down um, for matting reasons. Oh. And sometimes you get people who just mm. want it that think, and I say think, that this um, cools their pet down. But what they forget is, you know, you have a dog now whose skin is exposed to the, you know, blistering Ooh. sun. Yeah. sun, And if they don't, you know, know that they need to keep something on their pet, whether it be a um, you know t-shirt or some sort of sunscreen they could have problems and they'll go be going to see dr deb yeah doesn't yep. don't white dogs just normally have problems absolutely yeah so in cats too so if you have a cat or a dog that's very fair white um, not very much pigmentation on them and they go outside and spend a lot of time outdoors they can get um, not just solar dermatitis which is like the redness the mm-hmm. inflammation the itching that actually can with time um, and enough exposure it can go forward into cancers wow. so in fact last week i had just uh, taken the stitches out of a dog that had a hemangiosarcoma, um, which was um, sun-induced. And that's a type of a kind of a blistering red, kind of bloody um, growth that 
well, many girls that were all over his abdomen. Um, but then I've had other pets with squamous cell carcinoma, and, and these are definitely triggered by continual or common um, heavy uh, amounts of sunlight. Um, a lot of times we'll see it on their abdomen. Because dogs will kind of lay out in the backyard or out on the pool <laughs> area, up. getting that sun. <laughs> and that's a very vulnerable area and a very common oh. place that we can see solar dermatitis or some of the sun-induced cancers. Now, I got a quick question. Uh, Ladybug does you, that. you got to call in like everybody else. No, 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 I'm no. sorry. Okay, go ahead. She, The sun comes in the front door, which is all glass, and she lays there on a bed. And I put it right there because she loves in the sun, but she lays belly up. Should I be putting something, if even through the glass when she's laying on her back? Well, there's still, yes, yeah, so there still can be sun that goes through. There's a little bit of some uh, filtering with different types of uh, windows or even with the window treatments that may be helping to block the area. Um, but it, it really depends. I mean, sh- judging by her tummy, I remember she's she's got a lot of white with some black spots down yeah, there. Yeah, she's got a lot of spots. So, now, there also are some um, different clothings that you can put on as far as like sun shirts as well, just like people, um, that can help to um, kind of block the sun as well because it can be challenging. Um, but for many people, I do advise them to limit the most intense sun periods of the time, just like us, you know, between 10 and 2. That's when the sun is its strongest and when we really would want to try to limit exposure at those times. We can't keep the animals in the dark, but to really just try to avoid those most intense um, times. And if it is a at-risk area like ear tips, nose, um, then we can use uh, sunscreens in those areas to really help protect. I got to laugh yeah? because, you know, here I am at 10 o'clock in the morning. Get outside. You got to get the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Sunbathe until two, and then 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 go in and drink. Yeah. There are now apparently, according to Joey, all kinds of lotions that are specifically designed for pets. I'll go. Yes, and I would definitely prefer using a pet design product because some of the human ones those p- contain zinc can be toxic. Uh, zinc can be toxic. Yes. Yeah, so See, now I just I was just told that zinc was zinc was safe. Well, it would take a lot of licking of the product, but zinc is actually toxic to animals. So. Um, yeah, and then with cats, there's one called uh, octal salicylate, um, which for cats can can be a danger for them. So you want to make sure. I would just go the safe route and use a pet-approved one. Now, when I was looking for years ago, I couldn't find any sunscreen for my dog, and I used baby sunscreen because I thought that would be a little more gentler. Yeah, and, and that's one of the kind of alternative steps. Um, but still, we, we have to use some precautions with that as well. And, and there's really not, you know, everyone says, how much SPF? And it's, I think with people, we argue this point as well, but they, they really can't say how much is it enough but um but you know i use just kind of general good reason don't put that 60 spf on your dog it's probably not necessary any more than a, <laughs> well, a it's, gonna, it's gonna be like spreading glue on your pet too hi kathy how are you i'm fine how are you very good how can we help you out today what's going on with your pets i have a 17 year old cocker spaniel female wow i believe she's deaf um i just found that out probably within the last three weeks or so um, she just went deaf just real recently. Yeah, yeah. She's she's always been always responded to me and and you know she's in relatively good health. Um, mm-hmm. the, the only thing that even indicates that she's got any age on her is the gray around her face and um, she has cataracts, but not bad. I mean she can still see, but mm-hmm. um, and and then these little wart things that gets on her body. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But, they get but, lots of those. <laughs> Yeah, but the uh, the hearing is what's got me troubled. Um, used to, I could talk to her, and she would look at me and talk her head, you know, and, and respond to me. But now, um, 
she'll be sitting in the seat, and I'm a truck driver, and uh, she rides with me in the truck, and she'll be sitting in the seat, and I can actually unlock my door and get into the truck and reach up and touch her before she acknowledges me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I know she's not hearing the keys anymore. She's not hearing the click of the door. Um, and I'm just wondering, what can I do to... Or is there anything that I can do to either help her or how do I deal with her? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything with her, but I, I want to be able to help her. When she's sleeping, if I touch her, she's startled. That's the biggest thing is that when pets can live a comfortable, happy life without hearing. And in fact, I think they probably like it because they don't listen to us complaining and telling them what to do. So she's probably in bliss right now. Like, I can't hear the lady. <laughs> but as far as, um, definitely you hit about one of the big things is the startle reflex. Because she can't hear you coming or getting her attention, um, we don't want her to become startled. And we don't certainly want to set up for an accident. An accident where you could get bitten or where she might kind of spook or run off or, or anything like that. So as much as we can. Now, in a regular household setting, the number one thing I, t- I kind of work towards is to retrain the dog to um, visual cues. And we can do that with, you know, leash training, uh, reward-based training so that you give her goodies um, and, and teach her basic signals when you need her attention to have her come towards you. Um, and, and in your situation with traveling, that will be important that we don't lose control of her because she could certainly kind of wander into a situation if she can't hear your command. So that's really oh, important, definitely. Yeah, she, um, never, she never gets out of the truck without a leash. I've, I've always got her on good. a leash. And, um, uh, and when we're at home, I have her. I have a fence yard with a doggy door in my house. And, and so she has the reign of that. Uh, the only thing that I've noticed is when I have her in the truck, if she's standing in the floor, I can point and she'll get up on the on the chair. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm assuming that that's the only thing I can do is, is point, you know, and tell her go there. So I, don't, I know she's not hearing me. You can use vibration um, as a way to gain her attention. So if you're trying to get her attention, either within the cab or in the home setting, um, I usually tell people within the house, if you're coming in and your dog doesn't wake up and you're afraid you're going to startle them when you touch them, um, it, stomp on the floor. Um, anything where they'll pick up the vibration instead of relying on the audible cues. So okay. if there's a way that can fit into your thing, then absolutely. Oh, or we can even... We can use light to some degrees, but in a, in a truck cab, you might not have that availability to kind of, um, you know, flash a light where that might catch her attention. Um, but I'd say use vibration, and if you keep her on the leash, then, you know, you're keeping her world safe. You're keeping her okay. um, within your close arms uh, and your love. So she's, I think, pretty, uh, she's pretty perceptive to vibrations then? Oh, yeah, certainly. Like, like knocking on the door, if I was knocking on something, you know, the vibration of that would let her know that I was coming in. Yeah, absolutely, and especially if you use that and use a reward. So when you knock on a door and, you know, she might be startled maybe the first time or two, but we train her to that. So you come in, you give her a goodie, a treat, you give her love so that she starts to recognize that when you're when she feels that vibration that you're going to be coming, and that means she has, you know, pay attention. Uh, don't be alarmed that, you know, someone's going to come uh, uh, barreling through the door, but it's probably mom looking for you. So, yeah, and, okay, and well, 17 that's, that's years. I just... I just She's been such a big part of my life, and I just can't, oh, I can't even imagine doing anything with her. I can't leave her at home. Uh, 
And you've done such a good job. I've got to say, 17 years old is a phenomenal lifespan. And the fact she just went deaf now. I mean, a lot of dogs go through this much earlier. So, you you know, you've been doing something right all these years to have her with you that long. So um, I commend you on that and uh, keep up the good work. This is Dr. Debbie. If you have a question for any of us here, give us a call. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Well, don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's made possible by fear-free happy homes, helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. Vinny Pan, your resident party animal. Welcome to the party animal segment. Uh, right now, I want to get right to it. Something I just kind of want to stop. No matter how hot the girl, no matter how enticing the scenario, the outfit she's wearing, no more baby talk to the dogs. Real turn off over my buddy's house. His sister is smoking hot, but when she came down the stairs in her tight little sweatpants with the word angel across the back, which uh, (laughs) not necessarily true if the word on the street is accurate, when she went up and started kissing the dog, you know, I love seeing a dog lover, but when she started saying, who's my little doggy? Who's my little doggy that loves you? Tell me you love me. Tell me you love me too. All right, well, he's not going to. And when he barks, that doesn't mean he comprehends what you're doing. And the baby talk to the dogs has to stop. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, and Judy just handed me this great story out of the paper. A duck call ringtone helped a Louisiana firefighter rescue six ducklings from a storm drain. Apparently, they had a little bit of flooding going on. And But even with the realistic quacking sounds coming from the cell phone, the firefighter took about 90 minutes to catch the first four baby mallards, six ducklings all together, I guess, and save them wow. all. And Yeah. Using That's cool. His, who has a ringtone that's a duck on their phone? Does anyone? I don't know if that's I did. standard did you? one. Did you have it for a certain person, somebody you just thought was a duck in your life? No, yeah. I just went through ringtones and found the most annoying one. And if you listen to the duck one, it's very annoying. I and it, I chose that. That yeah. is an option on the iPhone, I believe. Yeah, and then you assign it, it to is. the most annoying person that calls you. Call. You know, the most annoying person that calls me, I assign no ringtone because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's a good one. Hi, Nancy. Hi there. How are you? Very well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. So what's going on with your little baby, Nancy? Well, um, my large baby uh, is a long coat. He's uh, a fawn-colored long coat with white markings, and 
he's a love when you say his name he'll roll over and present his belly for appropriate petting but if you make the mistake of picking him up and you're wearing black or whatever color it doesn't really matter you'll end up with a lap full of hair he's okay. a, a heavy shedder and he has a long coat so he has a lot of it to shed and i have him on a special diet um uh called weight and stone from my oh that's a royal canaan breed um of dog food that i get from my veterinarian and it's supposed to because he's i think he's overweight but he's large too for a chihuahua he's large Sure. And, and is he having any problem with that hair? Do you see any patches, any hair loss? Is he scratchy? No, no it's uh, generally just hair loss, uh, uh, immediate shedding. But you don't even have to touch him, but it's falling off. And it's, I'm constantly vacuuming um, their parlor, and they're my pet parlor. And um, uh, it's clogged up my refrigerator that's out there. Oh, uh, yeah. So I have to yeah, really that- keep after it. To, uh, yeah, that hair, you know, there, there there's no, uh, if, if everything is going good with his hair coat, we're not really seeing hair patches or we're not overly dry, you know, you're going through the, the, the sadness of dog hair constant shedding. And, yeah. and this is where people with like the Bichons and the Poodles are going, ha, 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 that's why uh-huh. I have this dog. <laughs> so uh-huh. I don't have to deal with that. Uh-huh. So the short haired dogs, um, and even, you know, the long haired, um, you're going to have that constant turnover and uh, cycling of new hair growth and old hair falling out. And, and, you know, I don't know if in the situation you described, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, we had more hair falling out when he was excited. Um, you know, that's a phenomenon we see here at the, the veterinary office. We see oh. nervous animals and they, I look down and the table's coated in hair well, and there is kind of a nervous he's so mellow that uh he and then i have another chihuahua that's not a purebred he's part poodle and his hair is actually longer than Marenzi's hair and he doesn't shed much at all but that mm-hmm. might be because he's part poodle yeah, that certainly could play a big role. And, you know, some of the best, the best recommendations that I have for short hair dog um, pet owners um, is to really, we, we can't neglect that hair coat because it's, it doesn't require the same type of brushing that the long, really dense hair coats do. But you might want to make sure you use maybe a, sh- um, a shedding mitt, um, kind of like they use for cats or the little gloves. Those kind of processes where you're, you're doing some brushing techniques to help loosen that hair so it doesn't kind of fall out as much un, um, unanticipated, but you're always going to have that shedding and, you know, the vacuum is going to be a necessary evil to battle this. Um, you know, I do like to give uh, fatty acid supplements to kind of help make sure the hair coat's in good shape and that we're not having a dryness factor. Um, but other than that, I think you're going to have to just uh, power up the Hoover and uh, deal with that doggy hair there. <laughs> this is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. Give me a call at one 405 we have Hope on the phone. Hi, Hope. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. What's going on with you today? Okay, well, um, Jack is a male, obviously, and he appears to have what I think is BPH. Um, I don't know, benign prosthetic hypertrophy. That's what I think anyway. I took him to the vet um, about a month and a half ago because he started urinating in the house, which he has never, ever done. Um, they put him on antibiotics for prostatitis. They wanted to do a biopsy, but I wasn't quite ready to do that. I really did not see any improvement. And uh, when he goes outside, his stream is strong, and then it gets weak. 
it's almost painful to watch because he just lifts his leg and it's just drip, drip, drip. And so he's he going in multiple and just... times a day. Now, I guess my first question for you is, um, is your is your older uh, fella there, is he neutered? Yes, he was neutered at six weeks. Okay. Well, the story with benign prostatic hyperplasia is that that typically occurs in an unneutered male. and. Okay. That process is driven by the sex hormones, by that testosterone. It kind of feeds that prostate um, and makes that get larger and can occlude the urinary outflow. But if we've got a neutered male, the possibility of that happening is pretty unlikely because there's really not a source of testosterone. So that really, it would make me concerned if we do have a big prostate and if they're actually feeling that and saying, hey, this is big, that we probably do need to go look in deeper into that prostate and and get a sample of that. And there's some different ways to do that, either by a biopsy or kind of what they call a prostatic wash. But I think that's going to really be the, the, the next best step that you'll want to do. And, and that can be done with, you know, ultrasound. Um, um, so I don't know what kind of capabilities you have in your area there, but those would be definitely recommended. Benign prostatic hyperplasia. I don't know that I'm going to let that fit into the uh, diagnosis peg there. Um, but for any of the unneutered males out there, um, yeah, definitely. We would definitely want to get them neutered to help bring down that prostate size pretty quickly. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-472-0658-800-472-0658-800-472-0658. That's 800-472-0658. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks for Animal Radio. Dogs may be man's best friend and ours, of course, but they're not always a landlord's best friend. And if you are a renter with a pet, well, you know that one of the biggest challenges is finding a place to live. San Francisco tops the list in the all-around for having the pet-friendliest landlord, the lowest pet fees on various things around the city, and the most specialty pet stores and services. Seattle, Denver, Oakland, and Portland, Oregon round out the list of the top five cities for pets. Another interesting finding with this, though, was the decision over dogs or cats. You know, are you a cat person or a dog person? Well, the majority of landlords would rather hear a meow than a wolf, it turns out. And if you've got a mastiff or a Great Dane, you're pretty much barking up the wrong tree because nationwide, just 4% of rental listings say your really big dog is welcome in a rental property. And Washington, D.C., further along, comes in first in extracting money from pet owners with a Litany of all kinds of extra fees and also the most expensive fees for all things concerning your pet, with the average pet deposit in the nation's capital being more than $350. You may be thinking scientifically if you call your pet fur baby. You know, a lot of us do that. But at least on a, a chemical level, anyhow, it is true. New research from the Azaba University in Japan shows that dogs make so-called puppy eyes at their owners, and when they do, they get a spike in what's called the love hormone, and that is really called oxytocin. And their owners get a spike in oxytocin, too. The same positive feedback in oxytocin release in a human also happens 
when a mom gazes at her newborn. Talking humans there. The researchers wondered exactly what dogs get out of their affectionate gazing at humans and found that dogs really do benefit. And the more oxytocin rose in humans, the more it rose in dogs as well. The findings suggest that the so-called oxytocin feedback loop, as professionals in the medical field call it, can cross species boundaries, at least between man and dog. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. I just love this part of the show. It's my favorite part, especially when we have a hero like the one coming up. She's 10 years old. I and she lives it. in New Jersey. And we welcome to the airwave Samantha Frank. How are you doing, Samantha? Good. What are you up to today? Did you go to school today? Yeah. How was school? It was great. And you're back home for the day now? Yeah. Do you have a bunch of animals? No, we only have um, one. You have a dog? Yeah. What's his name? His name's Rascal. Rascal? Is he a rascal? Yeah, he is. <laughs> and he's, he's like your best little bud, huh? Yeah. Well, now, I am just so proud of you with Operation Critter. I'm just, uh, I want to tell everyone what Operation Critter is, but I figured you would be the best person to tell everyone. Um, Operation Critter is a organization so, um, to help animals in shelters live happier lives because... Um, I went to animal shelters, and I realized that they were given water and food and medication, but they didn't really have toys and, like, extra things that make them happy. And I wanted to change that. Um, So we buy toys to give to sheltered animals so that they can have the same playtime as animals who are adopted. Oh, that is so awesome That's that great. you're thinking about those little guys. <laughs> and they're probably so happy about it. So you're getting, like, toys and blankets and what else? Um, bones and, like, the cat, like, fishing pole things um, and blankets and just any toys that we think are good for them. And that will make them happy. Now, how do you choose which shelter gets those? Um... So on our website, OperationCritter.com, the shelters can actually go on and make a wish list. Oh, wow. can buy the toys that they need so we know exactly what they want. Did you make, I mean, who's in charge of this website? Are you you manning this? Yes, um, I am. Pretty amazing. Kids from New Jersey are smart. Yeah, I agree, Joey. Thank you. So you even created a nonprofit foundation, didn't you? That's a lot of paperwork, huh? Did Dad help you? My dad helped me. <laughs> it's great to have a partner in crime like Dad. Yeah. And so now you t- you're taking donations because you, uh, well, obviously, if you're a nonprofit, you're probably taking donations because it takes money sometimes to run these nonprofits, huh? Yeah. What kind of donations are you looking for, money-wise? Um, like... any pennies, maybe, any amount, um, any amount that's good for anybody. 
If I donate a dollar, I understand that I might get a uh, certificate? If you donate at least one dollar, you get a certificate. And if you donate at least ten dollars, you get um, your name on our paw board. Um, so our paw board is on the website. And there's like paws and um if you donate at least ten dollars you get your name on one. Oh wow wow that's cool i know are you able to wrangle any of your friends into this any of your friends helping you um yeah i have one friend who actually doesn't go to my school and she went to her school i told her whole school about it and they donated so i was really happy about that wow. do you know how much money you've raised so far Yes, we've raised over $1,000. Holy moly. Oh, that can buy a lot of toys. In one week. In one week? Yeah. When did wow. you start this? Um, I've been working on the website for um, a while, but um, it really just like started a couple weeks ago. Wow, that's awesome. They raised that much already. That is really cool, and I am so proud of you. And did you know we have a hero every week, and you're our hero this week? Thank you. That's awesome. And if we were there in the same room, we would all give you a big old hug. Thanks. Well, thank you for talking with us today. Thank you very much for I'm gonna... doing this for me. Thank you. <laughs> you're awesome. We'll talk to you later, okay? All right. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Wow. I know. Wow. Very articulate, very intelligent, very just focused. Boy, I must have been a failure because at 10 (laughs) years old, I just was. I was thinking the same thing. I was just picking his nose. Yes. Mm, (laughs) Yummy. I was shaking people down, but it wasn't going to a good cause. Well, it was going to a good cause. Thank you so much for getting her. If you have a hero in your city, please reach out to Judy at yourvoice at animalradio.com. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. You've heard of King Tut. How about King Mutt? Archaeologists have uncovered more than 40 mummified dogs in a thousand-year-old cemetery south of Lima, Peru. Researchers found 43 dogs buried in separate graves alongside their human owners who seemed to have pampered their dogs like modern owners. There were graves for adult dogs and graves for puppies, lovingly prepared, often packed with blankets and treats for the afterlife. History tells us that Chiribaya tribes valued their dogs for their great skill in herding llamas. But these uncovered dog graves seem to tell the story of man and man's best friend. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. It's Alan Cable. Folks, you might have heard about the proposed law in Tennessee to make pit bull owners carry insurance. The most difficult part of the bill to swallow is they want to label pit bulls a vicious breed. The entire breed. And any owner who owns a dog that is labeled a vicious breed, you know, aside from pit bulls, will have to carry the insurance. There really is no such thing as a vicious breed, but there are vicious dogs. And any dog in any breed could become a vicious dog. It pretty much has to do with how the dog is treated. Y'all remember Michael Vick's pit bulls. Killers. 
years. Nobody thought that they could be rehabilitated. There were 51 dogs found in the Bad News Kennels, Michael Big's dog fighting operation in Virginia. Out of that 51, two died after the raid. One had to be put down. A couple were claimed by accidents and health problems claimed a couple more. But the most telling part of the story, 28 of those dogs have been rehabilitated and have been adopted. Of the rest, 15 started new lives at the Best Friends Animal Society in Utah. But you can't argue those were some of the most vicious dogs any of us have ever seen. Who turned those dogs into killers? People did. And who rehabilitated them? Gave them their second chance? People did. Pitbulls are popular right now with the wrong people. People who want to appear dangerous or manly. I remember a time when Rottweilers were popular with these folks. German Shepherds, Dobermans. Make no mistake about it, these are powerful dog breeds. Many people think that when a dog attacks, it's sudden and unprovoked. No warning signs. That simply isn't true. If you're going to get a pit bull or a Rottweiler or any powerful breed, you have to know and understand dog behavior. You can't treat dogs like this like humans. A powerful breed needs a strong, confident, secure, calm leader. You have to lead these dogs. I was talking to a guy last week who told me his sister's dog turned on her. But she treated the dog like family, like a baby. And see, therein lies the problem. The dog is not a baby. It's not human. It's a dog. You could say that a pit bull is a very, very powerful dog, and you'd be right. Just as a gun is a very powerful weapon. And irresponsible people shouldn't own either. Guns or pit bulls. Get more tips at AnimalRadio.com. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, Wendy. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, Dr. Debbie. Well, hi. What's going on? Well, I've had a cat. I've had two cats. Uh, they're both the same, same in age. I got one one year, then I got the next one the next year. I've had them both for 12 years. They get along relatively well. They don't hate each other. They don't love each other. They tolerate each other. However... It seems like around August or September, um, one of the cats, male cat is neutered, starts spraying the floor and the couch. Primarily, actually, I need to bring this up, where he sprays is primarily where my husband sits. My husband is not Mm -hmm. the primary caregiver I am. My husband's a little more aggressive, bigger guy. Um, And so I'm just wondering if it has something to do with my husband or a territorial between the two cats. Mm-hmm. Or anything it, it, else? Is there anything else changing in the home? Are there household schedules changing? Do you have kids coming or going? Um, work schedules changing? No, nothing like that. Just the two of us. 
Because that would be hard. If there were some changes, like often I will see cats that will do this kind of back to school. You know, kids go back to school um, for the the semester and the whole whole household uh, dynamics have changed. So we may see some elimination problems as a result of that. Um, So it is possible that he is in some way, um, you know, trying to mark um, your husband or your husband's uh, territory. Um, So that might be kind of an intriguing angle that I would start with first. Um, especially if he's not a real catty person, you know, like he's not a cat lover, he's a dog lover, um, then we might actually turn over a lot of the pet care to him when it comes to feeding. So instead of having an open food bowl out, I would ask your husband very nicely to um, feed the kitties twice a day. Um, They may have food at other times, but we want to have that be the majority of the food presentation is by him um, to see if that can help in some ways. But then we've got to deal with some of the other structural things here. If it is a particular area that they're working on, um, then there's a couple of things I would do. One would be I tried to make the area unappealing for the kitty to um, either approach or to mark on. So double-sided sticky tape is one of my favorite things for the kitties that kind of come up uh, along because oftentimes they're going to kind of scratch on the area first, uh, rub on it. Um, so that will be one thing to kind of keep them off the area. Or the static mats, the, the kind of the shock mats, those two can kind of keep them away from the area. Um, and even I've had some luck with the compressed air. Uh, the motion-activated compressed air to keep the kitties away from that area just to break that cycle so we don't have that repetition of the behavior. The more that the kitty is marking and um, urinating there, that's kind of perpetuating that behavior for the future. So we've got to stop that there. Um, and then make sure we're also not missing anything that's changing in the environment, um, you know, whether it's a change in the um, traffic flow to the litter box. Um, so adding extra litter boxes, taking covers off, and I switch out the, the different types of the litters as well. And um, and then, you know, sometimes even kitty pheromones can kind of help um, to kind of calm kitties. So um, I'll put those in the same room where the couch is at. The other thing you can try is um, sometimes um, plastics or um, aluminum foil are just kind of um, make bad sounds when cats pee on them. So it can also be a way to, to keep them away from those that are a little bit kinder and gentler methods. Yeah, so. he's actually learned to take the foil off the couch. He kind of goes oh, around so you, it and then pees on it. Ah, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you have a thinker better. there. Anything I want to <laughs> add, though, maybe, and I've been telling my husband this, we go round and round, is one of the cats, Angel, who's a good cat, she likes to play chase. He'll go behind her and chase her up the stairs. She loves it. The other cat, Petey, who's the problem cat, my husband does that with him. He, I'm telling him he doesn't like it. I can just see the look in his eyes like my husband's trying to be domineering. And uh-huh. so I told my husband, if you stop doing that, maybe he'll stop peeing on that area. Mm-hmm. My husband doesn't believe that because the cat comes to him, sits on his lap. But then when it's time to leave the room and go to bed, my husband will start this. Let's go to bed and kind of push the cat with his foot. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, well, and I'd say if the kitty's body language is set that she, he does not enjoy that, his, you know, he's not, uh, his tail is swishing back and forth, his ears are down. Well, if well, he's, he's not, not having it. He just kind of looks, he starts walking forward, but you can see he's not real thrilled about it. Like the other cat's like, oh, yes, let's play chase. Let's go run up the stairs. And she's all happy. And the other cat's like, you know, a child that you're telling him to go to bed. And the kid's like, no, I want to stay up, not going to bed now. Uh-huh. Way this. Yep. Petey is trying to tell him that. And I said, just leave him alone, just go upstairs, and then, you know, he'll be up later kind of thing. And that's yeah. kind of what, at, what started it. Uh, he had it stopped for about a month, and then he stopped peeing, then he did it again, 
and now the cat's peeing again, and he refuses to believe that he's the instigator of this problem. <laughs> okay, this I'll solve this problem, Wendy. You can tell him the doctor said he has to stop this behavior. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a key for this because he'll probably say, oh, you know, this cat should do what I tell him to do because I'm the master of the house, you know, this and Have that. you thought of getting rid of your husband? jeez, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Well... <laughs> Sometimes, I don't know, you know, he gets to be like a stubborn cat, like a big tiger that you can't train. Yeah. Well, the other thing, if your husband does want to make this some kind of a nighttime play thing, let's try to get something else involved rather than it just be him chasing the cat. If we can get a kind of a crinkle ball, um, something else that makes a kind of cool sound. If it's a cat treat a box that you can shake, kind of have him change the game um, yeah. slightly. So it's not so antagonizing and it's something more rewarding for the kitty. Because that's all we need to do. Cats, you know, to motivate them, we just got to understand what they really want. And what they want is what they want. <laughs> Maybe exactly. food one moment. They want it and they want to do, you know, they don't want you exactly. to tell them when they're supposed to do something. I, I think we need to do some of those little deterrents for the areas and then um, work on training the husband. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if it's only infrequent, I, I don't know that I'd go into the whole behavioral medicine um, uh, area. That's something I do often do if all the other measures have failed. Um, but I think we can work on training the husband a little bit. <laughs> Maybe we'll avoid it. Thank you so much for taking my call. Hey, it's that time again for us to all go walk our dogs and kitties and flamingos and iguanas. I want to thank Samantha Frank, our little 10-year-old hero. Oh, so awesome. I'm going to just have such a, a warm, fuzzy heart all day. Have yourself a great week. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.